Hello and welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. On today's show, we reflect on the wild first round of the NRL, preview the AFL 2022 season with JWS Giants player Harry Perryman and get pumped up for the F1 kicking back off this weekend in Bahrain. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Molly Silva and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, the one sitting beside me. Keely Silva and the one sitting all the way in London town, Georgia Moore. Girls, how the bloody hell are we? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm um, still in my Sharks kit, but I'm good. <laughs> um, just came from training with the boys. Are you sweaty? A little bit, yeah. Nice. Yeah. But in a different kind of sweaty to what we usually are. Yes. We are no, once like again tra- not in the studio. Yeah. Um, we are at my house because Keely finished quite late, but it's all okay. More excitingly and more on the location change front, as I mentioned, Georgia, how are you doing over there in England? I am well, I'm well. It's a beautiful, warm for London, sunny day here. Um, it's the morning, which is weird, recording. So it's Tuesday morning my time, Tuesday night the girls' time. Um, but, yeah, all is well. I didn't experience too much jet lag, which we love. Moved into my new place, which we love. Everything is great. I've had, um, ironically, American boy in my head like all week for the like just touchdown in London town. Yeah. We were <laughs> dancing to that many a times on the weekend at the club. So it was, um, yeah, that's been my soundtrack of the week. Just to put like a question that's personally on my mind, how does London feel in terms of like post-COVID stuff? Is it all very normal? Is there masks? What's the deal? Like, you wouldn't know it existed. It's, there's still a few masks getting around, um, especially on the tubes and in shopping centres and stuff like that. Um, but, no, certainly not compulsory anywhere. There is no such thing as checking in. Like, it's just non-existent. It's everywhere's packed. Like, you wouldn't have a clue. Wow. Isn't that amazing? The world is healing. I feel like we're kind of at that now. Yeah, kind of. Um well, that was obviously your week, Georgia, moving to another country. Uh, how was your week, Molly? My week was really good. My week was really good. Um, it was International Women's Day last week. Things were very busy. Um, and then the absolute joy of my life happened on Friday because very rarely do I time my many different hats that I wear in my working life to a, to the second where they all fit together and work well, let me explain. Friday morning. You prepared this, didn't you? No, I've just been thinking about it because it was amazing. Friday morning, I had to record my ABC sports show at seven in the morning because that was the only time I was going to have it done that day. So I had to go into the ABC at and be there by like 6.30, went, in, went into the studio and I was in the studio at seven on the dot. Amazing, right? I wanted to get out of there by 7.45. I was in my car at 7.46, Amazing. I had to go to an event where I was the MC. I had to be there by 8.30. I was there by 8.12. Amazing. Then I did the event and then I was finished and I needed to be on the road by like 10.30. I was in my car at 10.11. Oh, my God. And then I had to do the school program for my for the charity that I work for and I needed to be there. But, uh, well, I knew I thought I was going to be late. The school program starts at 12.10. I was there at 12.08. Can I just say something quickly? What a day. I was on a high all weekend because of that timing. Can I just say, for those who don't know Marley, that it actually is like a perfect day in her books. <laughs> like that's a perfect day. It was a perfect day. Mate. 
<laughs> you can't tell me that. And then I no, can't. I don't care anymore. Anyway, my, my that, I really wanted to tell that story because everyone needed to appreciate that timing. And I'm guessing, never guess, happens. Yeah, never happens. And guess what? I don't know if anyone will be worried about your timing. Well, if you are impressed, please just send me a thumbs up in my DMs, <laughs> and I'll know. Molly, I will be like. That is a good day. Thank I'll you. Be full fair to you. We love that. Thank you. Like I would be happy about a day like that too. Would that be the highlight of my week? Probably not. But yeah. <laughs> you don't understand how much I live by my Google Calendar. Anyway, Keely, your week. My week was good. Pretty busy as always. Um, I've I have to give a quick shout out to um the Howard Matt Sharks boys. We uh travelled via bus to Central Coast on Saturday. Yeah, and um. You know, it's always intense you, when you're on a bus and you're like, oh, we're going to go all the way up there and if we lose, it's going to be really sad on the way home. How embarrassing. Yeah, right? Um, don't worry about them. 34 nil later. <laughs> big, big W for the boys. So it was a fun bus trip home and overall that had a good weekend. a good bus ride home. Yeah. Um, and I drank all weekend. So Did you? Well, I drank Friday night and Saturday night. Oh, I didn't think you were that drunk on Friday night. Literally. I wasn't really, but Amazing. Saturday night I was. Well, I also I dropped on the cement. Yeah, you did. You don't spell that in. That's a, that's a different story. <laughs> different story. And with that, we'll get into our first segment. Feedback feels with kills. Um, I've got two fun feedbacks today. Have ya? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yep. By the way, thanks for joining me. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to forget that. Yeah, actually. I nearly did. Um, I've got one from an OG listener of the show. His name is Jack Bush. You guys ever spoken to Jack Bush? No. We speak. We're mates. Okay, that's yeah. good. Um, loves the potty. Beautiful. He sent me a message um, saying, Mitch's debut was outstanding. And I really didn't want to read it out because I don't want Mitch to hear that. <laughs> oh, he nah. needs the feedback. Nah, he needs the feedback. He said, living in an AFL dominant state, he's recently moved to Perth. It's nice to hear some NRL chat. Thanks, chicks and balls. Right. And then he said, which is just going to be great for the – you know, when we chat about the NRL, I fear your beloved Bulldogs are going to do it tough this year. Oh. <laughs> Funny that. Oh. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that, Jack. And G Moore, you got feedback for Mitch, I hear. I do have feedback. Well, first of all, Mitch, thank you for keeping my seat warm. Much appreciated. And I've had nothing but glowing reviews, so killed it. Um, my sister especially, though, was like, called to rave she was like he is so knowledgeable and he speaks so well and he was just his cricket knowledge oh my god was she was so impressed and then the other feedback from Meg was like do you know what when I listen every week it makes me feel like I'm with you because Molly and Keely's bickering is just like me and you (laughs) she's like every week you can count on a bit of sisterly bickering and I'm like we love Yes. Oh, oh that is great. Thank you, Meg. Good from Meg. It was also Meg's birthday. I was going to say, week. happy birthday, Meg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mitch is going to love that. He is. Thanks, Mitch. And now, Sorry. another friend of the show, uh, Brock Turnell. Um, AKA Chillin' It's From. <laughs> <laughs> AKA Chillin' It's DJ. He's the best. Brock's the best. You've met Brock. He's the best. <laughs> if you've ever met Brock, he's genuinely the best person. And he's the best. He's got a good question. I know. He's got a great question. This is for all of us. And it's an interesting one. Oh. With how much jeering opposition is accepted in the NRL game, be it fan to player mm. or player to player, mm. as NRLW grows in numbers both on and off the field, do you think this sort of behaviour will be 
accepted at the level it is in the NRL. And this is quoting Brock, thought about this after the Naomi Osaka incident over the weekend in which she was brought to tears mid-game from a fan saying, you suck, in quotation marks. Yes. So you did share this question with us with a little bit of lead-in time. So I've had had some space to think about it. You've prepared, as always. I think that it's a very fair question, but I think that considering the Naomi Osaka situation, tennis is a very different game to rugby league, right? That's the first point I want to make. Tennis is a very different game to rugby league. You don't have to be aggressive. It's I'm, a discussion. I'm, no, no, no. This is my... It's I'm, not a debate. I'm, I am setting the context for my opinion. Yelling, yelling. I'm setting the context for my opinion. Tennis is a very different game to rugby league. Anyway, keep going. I believe that there's a there's a, a line when jeering, right? right yeah, but right. people always cross that line. Yes. I think it if it's not already a part of the NRLW, I think it naturally becomes a part of it because of the nature of the sport. Yes. And I don't think it's a bad thing. Either. If it, unless it's personal. I've seen like, in the AFLW a couple of weeks ago, I mean, this was on social media, so it's a little bit different, but it's something that I could definitely see being said in a crowd where one of the players was kind of ridiculed for her body type, which is gross. Just yeah. gross. But I and that, to me, is the line. I think as well, though, we need to remember that like the NRL, the male side of it, have cop discussing things and we're always so against it. Yes. I think just the way that society works and that media works, boys are tough so it doesn't matter. The women's, when that stuff starts to happen, again, we find it disgusting, we don't condone it, it'll blow up more though. Yes. It'll be like, oh, my gosh, this happened. I've there. just remembered, and, gee, you might even have had this as part of your point. What happened to Ivania Polite? Not this past NRLW round, the one before. She's a Titans player, very good fullback from memory. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, She's a fullback. She, a cameraman kind of caught her scoring this try and her boobs came out. Yeah. Shirt got but pulled she, up. She dealt with it. But stunningly. this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Because that screenshot was used as an attempt to kind of, again, it's a bit different when it's the social media stuff. I know that Brock's talking about the in-game and in-person stuff. Yeah. But the way that she responded of being like, to all my new followers, if you came here for more content like that, you're going to be sorely disappointed. And personally, I think my legs are a lot better than my boobs. Yeah. Like that to me don't underestimate the thick skin that these women have 100%. because for them to even be wanting to be professional rugby league players is pretty amazing. Yeah. So I I don't see it being a thing where we're going to see what happens. No, it's going to be the media. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Whereas Georgia. The girls will probably be fine. Yeah, I think naturally you've touched on it a few times, Keely, in that these things often blow far further out of proportion on socials and in the media than they do at the game. But right back to the original question, and this is not a reflection on Brock at all, but I feel like the whole thing is sort of rooted in a little bit of sexism to begin with because it's like, well, the men can cop it and the men deserve it and that's a part of the men's game and that's not going to change, whereas now we have to be all soft and sweet for the women, Mm. which I think you can look at two ways. One, the women who have grown up watching and wanting to play rugby league probably love that side of the sport and want to be involved in the nitty-gritty of it, not being abused and whatnot, but, like, that kind of aggressive nature and the passion in the fans. But then on the other side of the same coin, why do we accept it in the men's game at all? Like Mm. you said, Kiels, they're tough and they should be able to cop it. If this isn't something that we see being appropriate for women, 
why do we categorize that differently to how men should be spoken to? Yeah. Like, I think that just comes back to like, can like society quote unquote at its finest in that like men are expected to be able to take this abusive chat and women it's inappropriate for them. Mm. So I think it's either you need to accept it in both games or demolish it in both as well. My preference would be demolish it. I think we see pretty frequently on the field what happens when people do cross those lines. You know, there's good chat between players and then there's someone taking it a little too far or blurring that line between an insult that's funny and an insult that comes after their family or their background or whatever that is. Mm. So, like, why don't we just draw the line across both sports completely no one's opposed to a bit of good dance or throwing chat, but, like, if jeering isn't something we see as being fit for women, why are we expecting men to put up with it would be my opinion. I think that's a great point. Yeah, but that's pretty much kind of what yeah, I, I agree. Saying. And I don't think I need to stand up for Brock here. He wouldn't have meant it in no, that way. No, 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 no. But, but it's, oh, it's, no, 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 I don't think that at all. Yeah. I just think generally speaking. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. It's, it's now everyone is being like, oh, are we allowed to say this at the women? Yeah. Like, yeah. Which yeah. um, I mean, it's sad, and but but uh, but um, backing up what you said, G, like those girls are elite and would be highly competitive on the field. They they'd have to be the t- they can't. You know, it's like they could suck about it. They'd have to be the kind of girls that could give it to each other. Um, so yeah, I don't see you know problem with that side of it. Play to to answer Brock's question. Player to player. I mean, if you're a really shit person and you cross the line, that's on you and that needs to be taken further. But what happens on the field stays on the field and that's, you know, that's the way it should be. I think, yeah. I think that a really good example of a, of when this is fantastic, when this jeering is amazing and makes you love the game even more is in the para game this past weekend where um, the player is his, his last name, I think is Sami, um, played his, Plays for the Titans, scored a try <laughs> on Clint Gutherson. Over Clint Gutherson, stood up and did the Gutherino yeah. dance. If you don't know, Clint Gutherson does this dance when he scores. It's quite embarrassing, I think, in some mm. ways. But it's become he's the like King Gutho to Para fans, so they love it. Yeah. Um, and this Titans guy did it to him, yeah. and that to me, I'm like, that's but even the essence Clint of it. That's Gutherson, the beautiful part. He came, of it. he came out and said it was pretty funny because they're kind of mates off yeah. the field and he's like nah I love it that's what it's about exactly. if he's gonna do it do it whatever but that to me yeah. that's that's the beautiful part and I think that's absolutely what probably already exists in the girls game yeah but yeah yeah to answer his question I think it will get to the stage where it's quite similar you could we'll be able to be able to find um, massive similarities of jeering yeah. opposition fan to player player to player um, where it goes I don't know yeah well, quickly, before we do wrap this up, because it's been a long feed- feedback feels with Kiels, but we just want to do a bit of a speed round, thoughts, feelings, highlights, lowlights of the NRL round one. Oh. Go, Keely. Bulldogs won. Absolutely. That's all that matters. Brado Burns set up a try. The only try of the game. I don't. All that matters. I don't really need to yeah. comment on anything else. Do have to. Shout out to. I do. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what I was about to do. Gee. Morning, yes, we, we feel morning. real sadness for, storm. for the storm. Yeah, it was the morning over here and it became a very painful day. <laughs> Obviously in the beginning it was just like disappointment at how shit they were playing and then they won, so that was great. But like at a massive toll, I like have never been so shattered for a human as I am for Christian Welch. I like am not the first person you'll hear to speak really highly of him. He's one of the most incredible humans that I know on and off the field. I think he's worked so hard to get to where he is. He's already done two ACLs. 
He missed two winning grand finals in those two ACL years and lost a grand final in the year in between that he played. Um, and then to work this hard to get to captaincy and do it in round one. I was speaking to him before the game and I was just like, you know, you skipper, like how are we feeling? So excited for you. And all he cared about was the debutantes. He was like, the boys that are debuting today are just like, have worked so hard this preseason and I just want to win for them. And like, he was just so excited to be a part of that experience for them. And then to just like have that all taken away in the last five minutes after like being such a leader in the comeback win was pretty bloody shattering. George Jennings also out for the season, massive loss. And Brandon will be back in four to six weeks, we're hoping. But yeah, fuck. Christian, man, like heart is broken. It's the worst part of the game. And oh, his, him so crying at the airport, oh, I, I couldn't watch it. It was um, so awful. It, I mean, credit to his character though. Like I, oh. I have an ACL patient in my boys team now. Um, shout out to Harry because he's an absolute legend. And um, he watched that video and told me straight away that he'd watched it. Mm. And he kind of had, not that you want to be able to relate to that, but mm. it's something that he can watch and, you know, someone he can kind of look up to who's been through similar shit. So, I mean, credit. And for him to turn around and say yeah. – you know, if the worst thing I've got is a oh, bung AC, yeah. um, Achilles, you know, I've got it pretty good. Like I was like, yeah. far out. You're I, allowed to be sad. I know. I wanted man. to You're be allowed. like, you don't have to be like but, that now. But, but again, a testament to, and you've always spoken so highly of him, G. So, um, yeah, a real testament to who yeah. he is. As sending, him, sending him lots of hugs and good recovery. In way more exciting storm news, CB 500 this week, Craig Bellamy's fifth, fifth 500th. Wow. wow. Stroke there. Game. Um, I'm looking at the stats. He's only like lost 149 out of those. So <gasps> massive records for Craig. Ridiculous. The man's a freak man. Guy. We love him. The content surrounding it is just amazing. We love a good CB blow up in the box and the finger always at Cam Smith. Adore. So get it, Craig. We love you. And I can't wait to watch them beat South because I love watching South lose. <laughs> quickly, just quickly, I know we've spoken about all this stuff for far too long, but first of all, Ate a slice of humble pie with the Knights. Absolutely amazing performance against the Roosters after I completely wrote off their whole season last week. Yes. Mitch let me know yep. straight away. Yeah. Um, also, love seeing the Bronx win. Oh, Bronx loved Nation, it. baby. Loved it. And they're going to be in Sydney this week. We, well, they're going to lose against the Bulldogs. They're going for the Bulldogs. Sorry. Anyway, we, would, we could talk about rugby league all day. You guys know this, but anyway, we're going to wrap it up. And that's in. Now it's time for a segment that we call Around the Grounds, where we dive into the biggest headlines in sports media from the week gone by. And to kick us off, we have to do an AFL preview because the 2022 AFL season kicks off. Well, it would have already kicked off by the time you're listening, because in a rare move, the first game of the season is actually the grand final rematch from 2021 on a Wednesday night. So that should be an absolute killer game demons versus bulldogs i mean clearly we'll be going for the dogs to come out on top and redeem themselves after the loss last year but i guess you guys will already know the answer to that um otherwise the way that we wanted to you know talk about afl was actually to do something we haven't done in this podcast first time ever for the first time ever we have spoken to a real life afl player (laughs) it's amazing harry perryman harry perryman he is not the first time, like in our lives, but like <laughs> on the mic. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if I've ever spoken to an AFL player in my life. I feel like you're lying. You've definitely hung out with Adam Goods. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! That's I have offensive. Adam Goods' email address. That's we offensive. have spoken. I take it back. Slap me, terrible Marley. I didn't mean literally. <laughs> anyway, 
Harry Perryman, boyfriend of Jamie Lee Price and GWS Giants midfielder. Let's get straight into it. Harry, welcome to the show. So, Harry, we're on the eve of the AFL um, kicking off for 2022. And we like to start all of our conversations um, with a round of fast five questions. It's kind of like a warm up, as you would do before a game. You'd be very familiar with this. I don't know if I have five. I think I've got four. Oh, Keely's, she's stuffed up with her role today. I think I have four, not five. But, um, well, then kick us off, Keels, with your fast four, not five. Yeah, apologies. Um, First one is very important. It's something that we ask everyone. Do you put your sauce in the fridge or the cupboard? Um, Usually in the fridge, yeah. Yeah, right, okay. No, that's fine. We won't judge you yet. We won't judge you yet. (laughs) Um, Do you have a game day ritual or something that you have to do? Uh, no, nah, I like to keep it pretty simple. Um, don't really have many, um, what's it called, rituals uh, before the game. Try and just keep it simple and just, yeah, whatever whatever happens, happens. So nothing really can get too rattled. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, do you have a pump-up song? No, nah, actually don't. No, nah, I don't really listen to music before a game. I kind of just, just like I said before, just do whatever. Um, usually the boys have a bit of music playing before the game, so... Just kind of whatever whatever rubbish they listen to, I always listen to. You're a real cruisy kind of person, aren't you? Just a country boy. <laughs> yeah, try, try and keep it pretty simple. <laughs> I love it. Um, do you have a favourite superhero? Um, favourite superhero? Uh, I probably can't go past Superman. Yeah, good one. Obviously, Actually, I just thought of a fifth one. Go on. Do you have a um, favourite sporting icon? Well, it was the great man Shane Warne, actually, so it's been oh. a sad couple of weeks since he's died. So I used to love um, Shane Warne. So Good answer. Good answer. Um, now you're all warmed up, we get into the real stuff. Uh, I was doing my due diligence today and Googling you quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed in your bio... <laughs> I... Um, Read about the fact that you grew up in a really small town, um, kind of outside of Wagga. I imagine when you were drafted to GWS in 2016, see, I even read the stats and have memorised them now, um, that it must have been a massive culture shock to come to Sydney. Tell us what that was like and, um, yeah, how you felt, you know, leading into you starting in the AFL. Yeah, like you said, it definitely was a bit of a shock. Um, first few years up in Sydney, Obviously come from the farm, plenty of space, um, small country town, Collin Gully, which is just outside of Wagga. Um, then moved straight into it like a little small apartment in Breakfast Point, which is kind of near Concord. So definitely was a bit of a shock, but the footy clubs, a lot of great blokes there and they make you feel very welcome. Um, so I reckon it probably took me a good two years to kind of adjust to the to the lifestyle and that. And even now I still struggle a little bit, but... Um, so obviously it gets a lot easier as you get older and kind of find the things that you like doing outside of footy. So um, definitely adjusted to it well. But each time I like to get home to the farm and help out. So um, any, any kind of chance I do, I get back there as, as soon as possible. Oh, is that At the point in 2016, with the Giants draftees still going to like the Giants living facility? Because that was like a big deal at the very beginning. Is that where you moved straight away? Um, yeah, yeah. In- Obviously got drafted in 2016, so they had um, the the facilities out there um, near Spotless Stadium there, so I kind of moved straight up into that, and then 
before that they were out based out at um, Rudy Hill for a few years before all that kind of got set yeah. up. So, and then obviously now they've added the the women's change rooms and a bit of the netball has come in as well and use the facility. So it's quite a good setup. Um, so when did AFL become the dream? Who did you idolise and look up to growing up? Um, yeah, always played it when I was younger. I've got three other brothers back home, so we kind of played a fair bit of footy in the backyard and mucked around in that when we were younger. Um, kind of didn't really take it too serious until I was 18, really. Uh, I wasn't the smartest at school, so I kind of thought um, if I don't have a go at footy, I'll probably just be on the farm and just probably just taking it pretty easy back there. So kind of knuckled down in my 18th year and didn't do much school, just kind of put everything into footy and was lucky enough to get drafted by the Giants and still here six years later. You've mentioned um, your family's farm a couple of times. Just for our own context, what kind of farm is it? And if you're out there doing the work, what does that look like? Um, Yeah, we've obviously got... Uh, a bit of land back home near Collin Gully, which is outside of Wagga. Um, we do a bit of everything. We do we grow wheat, canola, barley, oh, cool. and then we run sheep and cattle as well. So Dad's pretty busy back there. I've got um, two of my brothers are back there helping out. They don't they don't do much. So usually when I'm <laughs> home, they make me do all the crappy little jobs. So um, no, nah, it's obviously good having them back home on the farm, and they love coming up here and watching footy and going down to Melbourne and watching the games down there as well. So, yeah, I, I think when I'm done footy, I'll be back on the farm for sure. You're going to make Jamie be a farm girl, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the plan. <laughs> um, now into a Chuckle bit... Chuckle in the background. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, a bit more of the footy chat now, I guess. <laughs> so we know that GWS had a little bit of a disappointing end to their season in 2021. I think a lot of it, I mean, for us who are not as in tune with the AFL as um, some other people, the incident with Toby Green and the umpire was probably what overshadowed a lot of it. Um, but in the, in this preseason in the lead up to kickoff uh, for 2022, um, what, I guess, have you guys been focusing on? What are you excited about, you know, starting back this weekend? Um, yeah, it obviously was a bit of a disappointing end to last year. We, um, we were good enough to make the finals, but I uh, lost in the semi-final to Geelong over in Perth. Um, obviously, a lot of talk about Toby, as everyone kind of does, but um, yeah, he obviously stuffed up there, but we're going to miss him the first six weeks of this year, so we've gone uh, worked away over the summer over a few little things that we've needed to tweak at, and hopefully um, should be able to see it in the first start of this start of this season so hopefully um, all the practice can be put into work this week and what is the Sydney Derby like is that one of your favorite games you guys coming up against the Swannies and it's a home game for you in this first round yeah we obviously love playing the Swans we've had a couple of good games against them over the years um, we've played in some big finals against them and obviously across down rival so yeah it's going to be a big game on Saturday Arvo um, I think they're expecting maybe 50 60,000 out oh there, gosh. so, and Buddy Franklin's obviously going for his thousandth goal, so, that's nah, going to be a big game, and hopefully the boys can um, put in a big, big performance. 
Um, so you mentioned before the facilities that have been built um, w- for the AFLW girls and then you have some of the netballers coming in that. I guess we've been watching in the NRL the way that the Brisbane Broncos have actually had uh, shared training sessions with their NRLW girls. Is there any crossover with the AFLW girls or um, do you think that could be something you guys could maybe do in the future? Yeah, we've definitely we've done it. We did it two years ago, I reckon, before kind of all the COVID happened. Um, we had a train run with the AFLW girls, and oh, I think it's definitely something we could do a lot more in the in the future. Um, obviously, can help out in both ways, um, learn a few things off each other. So I definitely think it's something we can improve on going forward. Do a bit more of that, and yeah, get to know them a lot better. Well, now into our most anticipated questions, yeah, this actually. Is, I'm excited for this one. Uh, we've heard her giggle a couple of times already in this chat. We do know that you and the one and only JLP are a bit of a Giants power couple, right? Like, that's what we see you guys as. <laughs> um, first of all, <laughs> do you guys actually get to watch a lot of each other's games or is there too much clashing in the timetable? Um, yeah, we actually get to watch a fair bit of each other. Um, kind of been a bit tough over the last two years. We've kind of been all over the shop, but there was a stage last year where we were both in Melbourne and I could get to a fair few of the games at the net netball. Um, and even in Queensland, we were there at the same time, so I was kind of driving up and watching the games. So, um, yeah, we definitely get opportunities every now and then. And I've watched a few pre-season games this year here in Sydney, so... No, any chance I get, I love going to watch the netball. I've kind of watched it growing up as a kid. Um, back home, we had a football and netball club, so I kind of know how it all works. So she doesn't really listen to me much when I tell her, tell her what's going on, but um, that's a work in progress. <laughs> that was going to be kind of leading into my next question. So when you do get to watch her, what kind of fan are you? Are you like, yeah, are you critiquing her, ready to tell her what she's done wrong at the end of the game, or are you loud and or do you get nervous? Like, how do you feel when you watch her? Oh, I don't know. I try and just sit by myself and keep pretty quiet during the game. Um, and then, obviously, when we get home, I usually usually tell her a few things. <laughs> she's usually pretty good. She knows what, what, what she's done wrong and what she's done good. So I don't have to say too much. I don't think she'll listen to me anyway. How good is the elite athlete, like, self-reflection? I love it. I love it. And what is the dynamic like, I guess, if one of you has a great win on the weekend and the other one has a loss or you both have losses? Because I know, like, yeah that sometimes you athletes can get real sad and not want to talk to anyone if you've had a big loss or whatever. Like, I wonder what that dynamic's like when you've, when you've had that sort of situation. Yeah, it was actually um, last year they lost the grand final of the Swifts and we actually played the Swans in the elimination final and we beat them. So <gasps> we were obviously over the moon. We, we got to um, go to the next round in the finals and she was obviously upset because they lost the grand final. So that was a bit of a tricky one that day, but... Um, yeah, kind of just go with the flow and trying to get too worked up. It's Yeah, there's no point getting too stressed about it. I reckon it must be really calming to have you in your life, like for Jamie. You're yeah. so relaxed. You, you just, just go so with the chill. flow. I think we could all take a leaf from your book with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I try my best. She's pretty chilled out herself, actually, yeah. Jamie Lee, so no, it's, a, it's a credit to her. Well, Harry, we won't keep you any longer. Um, thank you so much. And thank you, Jamie, for helping <laughs> organise this chat. Um, it feels nice to have an AFL player on. <laughs> yeah. The first ever. Yeah, yeah you did good. Talks, he says, calls it footy. 
Yeah, it's footy. Footy. Sorry. Footy. footy. Yeah, it is so. footy. No, but you don't call you it don't, footy. You, you don't act like you're more of an AFL person than a rugby no. league person. Anyway, but I call it footy since living in Melbourne. Oh, true. Yeah, that's you. You can't um, leave can't, the Victorian yeah. out of you, but can't get away with it down there. No, this is true. Um, you've set the bar nice and high, Harry. Um, good luck with the season. Okay. Good luck this weekend, and we'll be cheering you on. Thank you. Not nice to meet you. Gmore. Take it away with the F1, mate. Very fittingly, my mum just texted me trying to channel you with a photo of her watching Drive to Survive. So, Trace, thanks for introducing this segment. F1 kicks off this weekend. Along with the AFL, you've never met a happier Georgia. Very exciting times. And now that I'm in the UK, the time, like I don't have to watch it at 1 o'clock in the morning. So this is just like couldn't be better for me all round. <laughs> We're stoked. Race one is this weekend. Sunday, which is 1am in the morning in Australia, in Bahrain, and heading into race one, here is a short recap of how last season ended and how this season is looking following testing last week. So for anyone who doesn't remember or was under a rock or haven't watched the most recent season of Drive to Survive, which came out just last week and Last season ended in what was widely regarded as the race of a generation and no less under circumstances which can only be described as lawless, chaotic, controversial, you name it. Max and Lewis went into the final on exactly equal points, which hasn't happened in decades. And after a red flag saga in the final few laps, Max came out on top in highly controversial circumstances, which sent Lewis Hamilton basically into hiding off social media for the off-season. Drive to Survive season four aired just last week, and I binged it all yesterday. It was quite interesting watching how that race unfolded from behind the scenes, but because it aired so close to testing in Bahrain last week, it brought all of the drama right back into the front of mind. All the press conferences were based around it. Everyone had a lot of questions. Anyone who had said anything slightly dicey was put on the skewer for it at um, all the pre-season media. So it was very tense. But after testing, Red Bull, hot and clear favourites. They had a great week. McLaren, where you'd expect them to be. Danny Rick, unfortunately, knocked down with COVID, but he was mm. kept in very high spirits and was just, like, glad it was last week, not this week, so he should be fit to race. And his little bromance with Lando was kicking off and Lando was like, I'm calling him every day and updating him, and I just sent him one emoji to describe how the test went and then we, like, <laughs> unpack from there. So that was very cute. But the underdogs, Ferrari, have come out on top of Mercedes after testing. Wow. They were the favourites for day one and two, and then Red Bull pit them at the post. But Mercedes, it's not looking good. They're, like, pushing for third at best. George Russell, their new rookie, was out racing Hamilton, which was massive. And Lewis is pretty famous for, like, underselling performance, but he said he doesn't even think the car can be top three to start the season. So... It will be very interesting to see what happens on the track. Oh, you know what? You've made me more excited 
um, for this again, as you did last year by introducing us to Drive to Survive. So I'm going to binge that season yeah. as well and get ready for it. Even, you know, if for nothing else, like that was a beautiful spiel, but the bigger selling point actually in the lead up to this new season um, was the photo shoot that you shared on our Instagram um, with a lot of the drivers. They just like oh. looked amazing. They did. They killed it. And there's like very few changes to the grid. Like before um, Nikita Mazepin was taken out Mm. after the whole Russian saga, which we touched on a couple of weeks ago, there were only two new ins in the whole grid. So it's pretty unchanged. And like 10 of them all came through their rookie, like Formula 3, Formula 2 years together. So it's like super young, super exciting grid who all looked really bloody good in that Vanity Fair shoot. Yeah. Well, that's so cool that it, it's not just going to be a, a Max and Lewis show again by this, you know, what's shown in that testing, um, even though who knows what's actually going to happen when we get there. But I'm excited. Gilly, are you excited? All I want to do is drive a fast car. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I just want to be – I just want to be in a fast car a little bit. Beauty. Well, thanks to our London correspondent. you guys correspondent. Could that actually, you could just get me on a track. Get you on a track. In just the passenger seat. Yeah. In the same weekend – that I get to run out from the tunnels. No yes, I'll be in a fast car. Cars, There's no passenger seat in F1 cars. Oh. Well, no, though maybe not F1 Is car. Another super racing cars? car. Super yeah, cars? super cars. They have yeah. a drive a passenger, don't they? Yeah, you can do supercars. Supercars at Bathurst. I just want to be in a fast You'll car. You'll do super fa- cars at Bathurst, and I'll be um, running onto Belmore. Stunning. With the dogs. Yeah. And gee, I don't know what you're going to do because you'll be over there in London, but <laughs> you can cheer us on. <laughs> Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Be a ball girl. Be a ball girl at Wimbledon. Yes. Done. That would be a lot of fun. It would be. Although I don't want to get smacked in the face with a ball. Rafa might kiss you on the cheek. What's that movie where he goes, I can't have balls flying at my face. There goes your social life. It's um, (laughs) clueless. It's clueless. (laughs) You know, in the gym classes, and my plastic surgeon said, I can't have balls flying at my face. Okay. And then she goes, there goes your social life. What a film. What a film. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. You're the real MVP. Now it's time for a segment that we call MVPs, where each week we award someone or something our own personal MVP title for something they've done that's brought us a bit of joy. Do not do the fins up thing at every chance that you have, Killy. It makes me sick. Makes I'm me sick. This. I'm wearing a bulldog shirt because we won. I'm wearing this because I have to work. Yeah, okay. Well, you're... You're last in the MVPs for that. Georgia, you kick us off. Um, My MVP is a little bit emo this week. Sam Doherty, if you don't recall, is a Carlton Blues player and we posted a fair bit about him last year when the rest of the team all shaved their head in solidarity. He was re-diagnosed with testicular cancer just in August, fully underwent radiation and and chemo, Um, And he is returning in round one for the Blues. Miracle return. He's up to scratch. That's amazing. Uh, Voss, their new coach, has said in no way, shape or form would we be putting him at risk, which just goes to show how physically ready he is. Obviously, if you've ever seen anyone going through chemo, they tend to lose quite a bit of weight. And for an athlete, that equals quite a bit of muscle mass. So it just goes to show the determination that, Doherty has, and I think, like, it gives me goosebumps just talking about it. I think the AFL world's going to be completely behind him, and it makes me want the Blues to get up that little bit more. So, Sam Doherty, 
him Miracle Man. Oh, what I an absolute legend. Story. That's so that cool. is so like such amazing news. Yeah. Um, my MVP is an announcement that was made on Tuesday this week. The NRL have confirmed the expansion of the NRLW in 2023 to eight teams and then in 2024 to 10 teams. We are getting a big fleshed out <gasps> competition. You know what that means? It's going to be a top eight by 2024. Exactly. Exactly. And I just think like honestly, in all seriousness, this is unreal. They've been talking about increasing the salary. They've got salary caps on the clubs now. Um, it's really becoming this fully fledged professional league and I again you know as I've mentioned on the show I have the great privilege of sitting on the sideline um, and watching a lot of these girls every weekend at the moment and everyone you know even like the old men who had a lot to say about a women's competition when it first came to life are so impressed and enthralled because it's incredible talent it's just a Beautiful, beautiful game to watch, and these women are amazing. So I am so thrilled for them. I'm so excited for the next generation who get to watch them as they grow up now, and the future is looking very, very bright. Yeah. Kili Silver, your MVP, please. My MVP is um, something that makes me smile. Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, just, yep. What a guy. Yeah, that's it. Is that it? That's all you had to say? Yes, yeah, that's him. it, yep. the end. No. Okay, first of all, don't doubt the man. Never doubt goats of sports. No, it's not an attack at you. I'm just saying in general. Okay. They were saying, you know, he's 37 now, blah, 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 blah. He goes out. He scores a hat trick. Men, you win 3-2 against Tottenham. Um, so all three were his goals. Yes. Amazing. Uh, Good he, math, Marley. And he became the all-time leading men's goal scorer in football history. What? 807th goal. Yeah. Holy On the back of that, if you like soccer, you should go and watch the highlights. But on the back of that, which is just another little slight little MVP I'm just going to chuck in there, you'll never guess who was at the game. Cammy Devlin. No. No. Tom Tom Brady. Oh, sorry. I just like uh, soccer. 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 That's soccer. all I know about Who do soccer. Who know about soccer? <laughs> Tom Brady was there and um, Ronaldo, and they're on the field together and like, oh, wow. like, you know, do some of these ones. And then um, Tom Brady's son got like a signed Cristiano Ronaldo thing. And he wrote like on the caption, frame that one, son. Oh. Like, and I was like, two goats meeting. We love when goats come together. And they, Speaking of when goats – and all, No, Molly. And when they um, come out of retirement – which wasn't really retirement. Just things you love to see. We just love it. Yeah. We love it. And that's all. I was going to say, I'm convinced now it was a PR stunt. Madness from Brady. Like it just, and I saw a thing being like, imagine if you were the person who bid on like, it was like 500,000 US dollars to have his last touchdown ball and they bought it because he retired and now he's back. Like what a debacle. Yeah. Tom Brady. Um, no one to quit, man. <laughs> I um, I'm gonna rebut what you say and say never quit because he's so good and I don't want him to quit. But oh no no, not like I don't mean he should have then. I meant like he should have kept going and just done it once because now I feel like it takes the sparkle off his actual retirement. Well, that day comes. Well, hang on, I have to give a shout out to Mitch because the day he retired. Okay, two things, some conspiracy things. If you read the caption, he never actually says he's retiring. Quote. There's no, this is the end of my football career. It's thank you, thank you, thank you to the Bucks. 
yeah, and I've had such a good time and I love my family, blah, 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 blah. It's never actually this is the end. Secondly, Mitch said to me pretty much the day he retired and so did shout out to Corey Willis, he's not going to retire. There's a bet on sports bet, Tom Brady to take the field in 2022 or something. So there's all these people, I don't know how true that was, but I'd, all these people going, he's not retiring, he's not retiring, he hasn't said it, he's going to go back to the Tampa Bay, he's going to go back to Tampa Bay, blah, blah, blah. So other people had said it and I went, nah, you can't let that happen because everyone's posting stuff, thanks Tom, thanks Tom, thanks Tom, thanks Tom. But yeah, that's all. Now it's time for our final segment of the show, which is our ones to watch, where we recommend something that you should be watching out for for the week ahead. I'm going to kick us off. The Women's Cricket World Cup is currently happening in New Zealand and our Aussie girls are on absolute fire. Um, I highly recommend tuning in. One of my favourite things to watch was my favourite cricketer, current cricketer, um, Ash Gardner, and she's my favourite because... I have met and interviewed her and she's a lovely person. And she also like convinced me to start watching cricket. She had COVID last week and of like the week before the World Cup kicked off, was in isolation, was bummed she couldn't get over to New Zealand. The second she got out, I saw her posted on her Instagram, her ticket. She got to New Zealand and she absolutely smashed it out were of the Were you and Dad talking about this? Dad and I were talking about Ash Gardner last what night. What a moment. They're just amazing. The girls are killing it. Um, one of the men's p- players, Dad was telling me, I can't remember which one he said, said it was one of the best hitting sessions he's ever seen um, in cricket, men or women's. They're just on fire and it's on for the next couple of weeks. So make sure you tune in and celebrate our gals because they're amazing. Good one. Keely Silver, what's your one to watch? My Silver, my one to watch. On the back of an absolute legend of a guy that we met tonight, I'm going to have to say the Giants versus Swans this weekend. I think now I'm really excited after talking. And especially because Buddy could hit his 1,000th yeah, goal. Yeah, which is pretty cool. He averages a, around five goals in every game against the GWS Giants. Thank you, Declan Byrne, for telling me that start. So it oh. could happen this weekend. Yeah, that's my one to watch. I'll be watching. I will be watching as well. G more. No surprises here. Binge Drive to Survive Season 4. I promise the last episode will get you that amped up for race one this weekend. Don't necessarily set your alarms for 1am, but make sure you catch a race recap or at least the final few laps somewhere. I'll be reporting back on the chaos next week, but if you haven't watched Drive to Survive, get on it now. What are you doing with your life if you haven't got around it? Surely. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. It's been our first international cross it's gone pretty smoothly even though we've had a little bit of a delay so um gee more it's great to see you settling in it's been a pleasure to be with you you killy you got anything else to say no i thought you were going to say something to me oh no i was just going to say i mean yeah it was a pleasure to be with you as well (laughs) (laughs) i'd rather be in london town (laughs) but i guess um if you're listening on apple Podcasts, as you should be able to now make sure you hit that subscribe button and give us a five-star rating. The same goes for you if you're listening on Spotify. Wherever you're listening, just do the nice things and subscribe and like the things. <laughs> do and all the nice things. Share the show with your mates. You know, it's a fun time. Say good we, things. Yeah, we love you guys. So we want more of you. Follow us on Instagram at Chicks and Balls Pod, on TikTok at Chicks and Balls Pod, and on Twitter at Chicks and Balls. No pie. Sorry, I'm yawning. <laughs> wow, no that's pod. definitely time no for pod. us to <laughs> wrap on time. up. Good night, Keely. 
Good, Good morning, morning, Georgia. <laughs> oh. I'm going to enjoy doing that every week. And other than that, I guess we'll catch you next time. We'll Bye. see you later, dudes.